Hi everyone, welcome to part 2 of the papers on novel drug development. My name is Marcia and I'll be your host for this episode. In today's episode, we'll talk about papers published in August 2020 within the novel drug development category that focus on targeting tau, the cholinergic system, mitochondria, metabolism, and the immune system as a way to combat Alzheimer's disease. If any of the abstracts we talk about today interest you, be sure to check out our bibliography after listening to this episode. For more details, look at the episode notes. Welcome to Reminder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. Okay, let's get started. We have 24 abstracts in today's episode. Let's start with papers on drug development targeting tau. The first paper here is titled Magnetic Nanoemulsions as Candidates for Alzheimer's Disease Dual Imaging Theranostics. This paper was published in the Nanotechnology Journal by authors Antonio Gliu and Dengino Samara. In this paper, the authors explore magnetic nanoparticles as theranostic agents against Alzheimer's disease. For those unfamiliar, theranostic agents are drugs and or techniques that aid in acquiring a diagnosis and administering therapy in one package. Here, they develop a multimodal magnetic nanoemulsion that includes MRI, fluorescence imaging, and a drug carrier. First, they form zinc ferrite magnetic nanoparticles through a modified microwave-assisted polyol process. They then fluorescently label memantine a registered Alzheimer's disease drug and encapsulate it within the magnetic nanoparticles in SDS missiles to form a magnetic nanoemulsion. They test the sustained release of memantine using different pharmacokinetic models. They also see that the magnetic nanoemulsion shows fluorescence imaging ability of amyloid beta monomers and plaques via the fluorescent labeling of memantine. Next up is paper 2 titled Terminal capping of an amyloidogenic tau fragment modulates its fibrillation propensity. Published in the Journal of Physical Chemistry, this paper was written by first and last authors Arya and Bowers. Here, the researchers look into the influence of terminal charges on the aggregation of an amyloidogenic peptide from tau. They find that modification of terminal charges by capping the peptide at one or both ends regulates the fibrillation of the hexapeptide sequence PHF6 both with and without heparin. They observe that with heparin all capping variants of PHF6 except for PHF6 with both termini free form amyloid fibrils. On the other hand without heparin the PHF6 peptide capped at both termini and not only the end terminus self assembled to form amyloid fibrils they also saw that the rate and extent of aggregation both with and without heparin and the morphology of the aggregates were dependent on the terminal charges their study indicates the importance of terminal charge modifications in amyloidogenic peptide aggregation the last paper within this section paper number 3 is titled dimethyl fumarate mitigates tau pathy in amyloid beta induced neuroblastoma sushi cells 
This paper was written by first and last authors Rajput and Dahima respectively and the paper was published in the journal Neurochemical Research. Here, the authors study the effect of dimethyl fumarate, DMF for short, on amyloid beta-induced alterations in phosphorylated tau-related protein kinases, fibrillogenesis, and microtubule assembly in neuroblastoma sushi cells. From their experiments, they make a number of critical observations on the effect of DMF towards Alzheimer's disease. Here are some of their results. They find that DMF reduces amyloid beta-induced neuronal apoptosis, amyloid beta-fibrillogenesis, inhibits cytotoxicity, and exerts a protective effect on amyloid beta-induced microtubule disassembly. They also see that DMF pretreatment shields against amyloid beta-induced tau hyperphosphorylation. If you are interested in knowing more about the protective role of dimethyl fumarate against Alzheimer's disease, be sure to check out the original abstract. We now move on to papers targeting the cholinergic system. Developing acetylcholine esterase and butyrylcholine esterase inhibitors are one of the more important ways of treating Alzheimer's disease. This following section describes this month's research on targeting the cholinergic system as a way to combat Alzheimer's disease. The first paper within this section, paper 4, is titled Alpha-conotoxin as potential to alpha-7 N-acetylcholine receptor recombinant expressed in Essertia coli. Published in the journal Marine Drugs, this paper was written by first author Liu and last author Jiang. The authors of this paper look at alpha-conotoxins, ARIB, which are cysteine-rich peptides from the venom of cone snails. Alpha-conotoxins, ARIB, specifically target the nicotinic acetylcholine receptor subtype alpha-7, which is linked to neurodegenerative diseases like AD. Here, they develop a method to biosynthesize alpha-conotoxin ARIB and mutant ARIB in E. coli. They create a synthetic gene encoding ARIB and mutant ARIB proteins along with the fusion protein TRX and a his tag separately inserted into a PET vector. After transforming in E. coli, the soluble TRX-ARIB-HIS6 and TRX-mutant-ARIB-HIS6 proteins are purified and cleaved by enterokinesis to release the recombinant ARIB and ARIB mutant. They then purify the proteins and measure their bioactivities in Xenopus levis oocytes expressing human acetylcholine receptor subtypes. Based on their results, they suggest that this method of producing conotoxins could be an economical way of treating for Alzheimer's disease. The fifth paper is titled, In Silico Modeling for Dual Inhibition of Acetylcholine Esterase and Butyrylcholine Esterase Enzymes in Alzheimer's Disease. It was written by first and last authors Kumar and Roy, and the paper was published in the journal Computational Biology and Chemistry. In this study, the scientists apply 2D quantitative structure activity relationship modeling to two data sets, the acetylcholine esterase and butyrylcholine esterase enzyme inhibitors, to understand the 3D structure of the molecules and their pharmacological activities. They further develop a third data set based on their selectivity and validate it using various parameters. Based on the study of all three models, they suggest features that may contribute to the inhibitory activity of the enzymes. For instance, from the acetylcholine esterase enzyme model, they find that a small ring size may contribute to its inhibitory activity. 
Similarly, from the butyrylcholine esterase enzyme model, they find that higher number of secondary aromatic amides may be more favorable for inhibition. From the third selectivity model, they observe features that are more specific for acetylcholine esterase enzyme inhibition in comparison to the butyrylcholine esterase enzyme. For more detailed information on the methods and results, be sure to check out the original abstract. Next up is the sixth paper titled The Impact of Some Phenolic Compounds on Serum Acetylcholine Esterase Kinetic Analysis of an Enzyme Inhibitor Interaction and Molecular Docking Study Written by authors Isik and Bademir, this paper was published in the Journal of Biomolecular Structure and Dynamics. The main idea of this study is to test the effects of compounds hydroquinone, 4-hydroxybenzoic acid, 3,5-dihydroxybenzoic acid, caffeic acid, vanillic acid, and chlorogenic acid against enzyme acetylcholine esterase. This enzyme breaks down neurotransmitter acetylcholine and is responsible for acetylcholine deficiency and free radical formation in Alzheimer's disease. From molecular docking studies, the authors find that these test compounds inhibit acetylcholine esterase by competitively binding to its active site. They also observed that hydroquinone, chlorogenic acid, and 4-hydroxybenzoic acid have higher inhibitory effects than others against the enzyme and that their effectiveness is due to their structure. Based on these observations, they suggest that these test compounds can be used as AD treatment alternatives for their inhibitory potential and antioxidant properties. The seventh paper is titled, Design of curcumin and flavonoid derivatives with acetylcholine esterase and beta secretase inhibitory activities using in silico approaches. It was written by first author Tran and last author Tai and was published in the journal Molecules. We know that acetylcholine esterase causes defects in cholinergic signaling and beta secretase is involved in beta amyloid biosynthesis in Alzheimer's disease. In the present study, the researchers use in silico models to find a number of curcumin and flavonoid compounds that have inhibitory activities against these enzymes. Based on in silico work and further in vitro work, they find 47 substances based on their drug likeness, enzyme inhibitory activities and IC50 values to be potential candidates for therapy. Up next is paper 8 titled Structural Isomerism and Enhanced Lipophilicity of Pyrothione Ligands of organoruthenium 2 complexes increase inhibition of acetylcholine esterase and butyrylcholine esterase. Published in the International Journal of Molecular Medicine, this paper was written by first author Kladnik and last author Turel. Here, the author synthesized eight organoruthenium chlorido complexes 1A to H and tests them for their inhibitory effects against electric eel acetylcholine esterase and horse serum butyrylcholine esterase. Their results show that one of the eight compounds, which I'll call 1G complex, improves inhibition towards acetylcholine esterase and even more towards horse serum butyrylcholine esterase. They further validate these observations through computational studies on torpedo California acetylcholine esterase, which show that the 1G complex possesses the lowest energy value among all tested complexes and also has predicted interactions with the target protein. The title of paper 9 is Exploring 3 Benzyl Oxyflavones as New Lead Cholinesterase Inhibitors 
synthesis, structure activity relationship, and molecular modeling simulations. The first and last authors of this paper are Mughal and Ahmed, and this paper was published in the Journal of Biomolecular Structure and Dynamics. In the present study, the scientists synthesized and characterized a series of 10 3-benzyl-oxyflavone derivatives and tested their inhibitory effects against acetylcholinesterase and butyrylcholinesterase. They observed that compound 2 showed active inhibition against both enzymes, while compounds 5 and 10 showed highest selective inhibition against acetylcholinesterase when compared to the standard donazepil. They performed structure activity relationship analysis to find that inhibitory effects of these compounds are dependent on the nature and the position of different substituent patterns on the aryl part. They also conduct molecular docking studies to identify possible interactions at the enzyme active site. The next paper, paper 10, is titled Synthesis, Characterization and Biological Studies of Chalcone Derivatives Containing Shifts Bases. Synthetic Derivatives for the Treatment of Epilepsy and Alzheimer's Disease. Written by first author Coxijit and last author Taslimi, this paper was published in the journal Archive Der Pharmacy. Here, the authors test the inhibitory effect of shifts base containing chalcone derivatives on human carbonic anhydrase isoenzymes 1 and 2 and enzyme acetylcholinesterase. Chalcones belong to the flavonoid family. They consist of two aromatic rings joined by a 3-carbon, alpha-beta unsaturated carbonyl system. Chalcone derivatives have shown promising antioxidant, anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer activities. Here, the authors performed their experiments in vitro using the esterase and acetylcholine iodide method and find that carbonic anhydrase 1 and 2 and enzyme acetylcholine esterase were effectively inhibited by these chalcone derivatives with a large range of Ki values. For more details on their experiments and results, be sure to check out the original abstract. Next up is the 11th paper on inhibition of butyrylcholinesterase and human monoamine oxidase B by the cumarin glycerol and liquiditogenin isolated from Glyceriza urolensis. This paper was published in Molecules by first author Jiang and last author Kim. In this study, the researchers extract eight compounds from the roots of Glyceriza urolensis, also called Chinese licorice, traditionally part of Chinese medicine. They test the inhibitory activity of these compounds against cholinesterase and monoamine oxidase enzymes. They find that glycerol effectively inhibits butyrylcholinesterase and acetylcholinesterase and moderately inhibits monoamine oxidases. Glycerol also has a greater binding affinity for butyrylcholinesterase than acetylcholinesterase and also interacts with the former via hydrogen bonds. Another compound, liquiditogenin, strongly inhibits monoamine oxidase A and B and docking simulations show that it has a greater binding affinity for monoamine oxidase B than A. Based on these results, they suggest that glycerol and liquiditogenin can be used in Alzheimer's disease treatment. The next paper, paper number 12, is titled New Hybrids of 4-Amino 2,3-Polymethylene Quinoline and Paratolysulfonamide as Dual Inhibitors of Acetyl and Butyrylcholinesterase and Potential Multifunctional Agents for Alzheimer's Disease Treatment. This paper was written by first author Makeva and last author Richardson 
and was published in the journal Molecules. In this paper, the authors synthesized new hybrid derivatives of 4-amino-2,3-polymethylenequinoline as treatment for Alzheimer's disease. From kinetic studies, they find that all compounds show mixed-type reversible inhibition of both cholinesterases, but were selective towards butyryl cholinesterase. From molecular docking, they find dual binding sites of the conjugates in acetylcholinesterase and also explain differences in the structure-activity relationships for butyrylcholinesterase and acetylcholinesterase inhibition. The conjugates bind to the acetylcholinesterase peripheral anionic site and displace propedium, preventing acetylcholinesterase-induced beta-amyloid aggregation. Further analysis show that all compounds have low antioxidant activity, good intestinal absorption, medium blood-brain barrier permeability, and cardiac toxicity risk showing promise as an AD treatment option. The next paper, paper number 13, is titled Screening Acetylcholinesterase Inhibitors from Traditional Chinese Medicines by Paper Immobilized Enzyme Combined with Capillary Electrophoresis Analysis. This paper was written by first and last authors Zhao and Shen and was published in the Journal of Pharmaceutical and Biomedical Analysis. This group comes up with a strategy to screen for acetylcholinesterase inhibitors from traditional Chinese medicines. They use capillary electrophoresis and enzymatic assays with immobilized acetylcholinesterase to do this. For acetylcholinesterase immobilization, they use cellulose filter paper or CFP coated with chitosan and glutaraldehyde as a cross-linking agent. This CFP immobilized acetylcholinesterase system is then used for inhibitor screening of 17 traditional Chinese medicines. They find that Chebulae fructus, that is ripe fruits of Terminilia chebula, exhibit the strongest acetylcholinesterase inhibitory effect. The final paper within this section, paper 14, is titled Tyrosol 1,2,3 triazole analogs as new acetylcholinesterase inhibitors. This paper was published in the journal Computational Biology and Chemistry and was written by first and last authors Bosada and Dos Santos, respectively. The scope of this study is to evaluate the activity of tyrosol derivatives as acetylcholinesterase inhibitors. Tyrosol is a biophenol found in olive oil and is especially studied for its role in managing Alzheimer's disease. The researchers conduct docking experiments and kinetic assays both of which point to a competitive inhibition mechanism of the active tyrosol derivative. They also find that these derivatives interact with amino acids from the acetylcholinesterase active site associated with Alzheimer's disease development, hinting at its potential as a therapeutic. That concludes this section. We'll be back after a short break to talk about research targeting the immune system, metabolism, and the mitochondria. Hey listeners! I'm here to let you know Aminder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome back. We now discuss papers that outline targeting the immune system, neuroinflammation, and glia as a treatment option for Alzheimer's disease. The first paper in this category Paper 15 overall is titled, Newly Synthesized Polyoxygenated Diaryl Heptanoids Suppress Lipopolysaccharide-Induced Neuroinflammation, 
This paper was written by first and last authors Santer Sierro and Infantino, and the paper was published in the journal Biochemical and Biophysical Research Communications. In the present study, scientists developed different new linear polyoxygenated diarylheptanoids. These are anti-neuroinflammatory compounds protective against microglia-induced neuroinflammation in Alzheimer's disease. They test the ability of these compounds to reduce the concentration of IL-6 and TNF-alpha pro-inflammatory cytokines in LPS-triggered BB2 microglial cells. They also look into their effects on NF-kappa-B and on the inflammatory mediators derived from the cleavage of citrate catalyzed by ATP citrate lyase. Their findings show that all compounds showed null or minimal cytotoxicity and great anti-neuroinflammatory activity. They highlight in particular two compounds, diarylheptanoid 6B and 6C, that blocked the secretion of inflammatory mediators and reduced NF-kappa-B and ACLY protein levels. The 16th paper published in the journal Molecular and Cellular Biochemistry is Berberin Attenuates Amyloid Beta-Induced Neuronal Damage through regulating microRNA-188 NOS1 in Alzheimer's disease. This paper was written by first author Chen and last author Song. Here, the authors explore the roles of berberin and microRNA-188 in the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. Berberin is a bitter-tasting plant alkaloid used in Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine. Previous studies have shown that berberin may be beneficial to AD patients by limiting pathogenesis of amyloid plaques and neurofibrillary tangles. In this study, the authors subject amyloid beta-treated BV2 and N2A cells to either berberin treatment or microRNA-188 overexpression. They see that there is an increase in cell proliferation and inhibition of caspase 3 activity and apoptotic rate. Meanwhile, they also observe that microRNA-188 is down-regulated and nitric oxide synthase 1 is up-regulated in amyloid beta-treated BB2 and N2A cells. Nitric oxide synthase 1 works as the target of microRNA-188 and reverses its effect. These parallel findings suggest that berberin may accelerate cell viability and suppress caspase 3 activity and apoptotic rate via the microRNA-188 NOS1 pathway. Next up is paper 17. This paper is titled, Lychee seed polyphenol inhibits amyloid beta-induced activation of NLRP3 inflammasome via the LRP1 AMPK mediated autophagy induction. Written by first and last authors Q and Wu, this paper was published in the journal Biomedicine and Pharmacotherapy. Here, the authors see if lychee seed fraction enriched in polyphenol, which I'll refer to as LSP for the rest of this summary, inhibits NLRP3 inflammasome-mediated neuroinflammation. From their experiments on amyloid beta-induced BB2 cells, they find that LSP activates autophagy by increasing Becklin-1 and LC3-2 expression and suppresses NLRP3 inflammasome activation by inhibiting NLRP3 and ASE expression, cleavage of caspase 1, and IL-1 beta release. In APPPS1 mice, they observe that LSP improves cognitive function and inhibits the NLRP3 inflammasome. 
Additionally, they also find that the effects of LSP on AMPK activation and autophagy is erased when siRNA LRP1 is used. Based on these results, they conclude that LSP inhibits NLRP3 inflammasome mediated neuroinflammation and is related to LRP1 AMPK mediated autophagy and this may have a role in AD therapy. The 18th paper is titled Targeting Perforin Inhibitor into the Brain Parenchyma via a pro-drug approach can decrease oxidative stress and neuroinflammation and improve cell survival. It was written by first author Tampio and last author Huttinen and was published in the journal Molecular Neurobiology. In this paper, the authors look at the cytolytic protein perforin and its inhibitors which have been of interest in various neurodegenerative diseases. In a previous study, they showed that converting a perforin inhibitor into an L-type amino acid transporter 1 utilizing prodrug increased its drug delivery across the blood-brain barrier into the neurons, astrocytes, and microglia. In this study, they used an LPS-induced neuroinflammation mouse model to test if this increased bioavailability could improve its pharmacological effects. They find that the increased prodrug delivery inhibits many key AD enzymes such as beta-site amyloid precursor protein cleaving enzyme or BASE-1, acetylcholinesterase and cyclooxygenases even at micromolecular concentrations. They conclude that this prodrug could prevent amyloid beta accumulation and acetylcholine depletion, neuroinflammation, oxidative stress and apoptosis. The last paper within this section, paper 19, is titled Anti-neuroinflammatory effects of 734-trihydroxyisoflavone in lipopolysaccharide-stimulated BB2 microglial cells through MAPK and NF-kappa B signaling suppression. Written by first and last authors Kim and Jang, this paper was published in the journal Biomolecules and Therapeutics. Here, the researchers explored the role of 734-trihydroxyisoflavone, or THIF in short, which is a secondary metabolite of the soybean compound diazine. They use LPS-stimulated BB2 microglial cells to test the effect of THIF on the inhibition of microglial activation, which is important in AD-associated neuroinflammation. From their experiments, they find that THIF inhibits ROS generation and reduces production of pro-inflammatory mediators and cytokines. They see that THIF also decreases LPS-induced phosphorylation of ERK, JNK, glycogen synthase kinase 3-beta, and NF-kappa-B, and overall exerts its anti-neuroinflammatory response by suppressing MAPK and NF-kappa-B signaling. Moving on, we now talk about papers targeting metabolism. We have four papers in this section. The first one, paper number 20, is titled NCX1 and EAAC1 transporters are involved in the protective action of glutamate in an in vitro Alzheimer's disease model. Written by first and last authors Maggie and Amoroso, this paper was published in the journal Cell Calcium. In this paper, the researchers focus on the role of metabolic dysfunction, in particular, defects in the cerebral glucose metabolism in AD pathogenesis. They hypothesize that increasing the availability of specific metabolites like glutamate could improve ATP synthesis and positively affect AD progression. To examine this, 
the authors use primary rat cortical neurons and retinoic acid differentiated sushi cells both with affected glucose metabolism thereby creating an ad like phenotype they then test to see if glutamate could halt cell damage by monitoring neurotoxicity ad markers atp synthesis cytosolic calcium levels and eaac1 ncx1 functional bioactivities they find that glutamate increased atp production and cell survival reduced amyloid beta and hyperphosphorylated tau levels and prevented the increase of ncx reverse mode activity furthermore they show that by silencing either eaac1 or ncx1 two transporters vital for the anaplerotic use of glutamate its beneficial effects are lost thus they conclude that the use of alternate energy metabolites could help slow down neuronal degeneration in alzheimer's disease the next paper paper number 21 also describes the importance of restoring neuronal glucose availability in ad it is titled rosemary extract increases neuronal cell glucose uptake and activates ampk it was written by first author baron and last author mcferrin and was published in the journal applied physiology nutrition and metabolism in this study the authors explored the effects of rosemary extract on neuronal glucose uptake rosemary extract is known to have antioxidant anti-inflammatory anti-cancer and anti-diabetic properties in their experiments the researchers exposed human neuroblastoma cells to rosemary extract and observe that it increases glucose uptake independent of insulin signaling and also activates ampk in neurons this shows that rosemary extract can be used to regulate neuronal glucose uptake and thereby support many vital functions switching gears up next is paper 22 that discusses reducing brain insulin resistance using incretin receptor agonists or iras as a promising treatment option for alzheimer's disease and parkinsons the title of the paper is brain uptake pharmacokinetics of incretin receptor agonists showing promise as alzheimer's and parkinsons disease therapeutics written by first and last authors salme and banks this paper was published in the journal biochemical pharmacology here the authors compare brain uptake pharmacokinetics of different iras in adult mice over the course of 60 minutes they evaluate single iras which bind receptors for one incretin and dual iras which bind receptors for two incretins including unbranched acylated pegylated or c terminally modified forms for the relative ability to cross the blood brain barrier reaching the brain parenchyma from their results they find that the acylated iras did not significantly cross the blood brain barrier However, the non-acylated and non-pegylated IRAs had significant rates of blood-to-brain influx of which exendin-4 and DAJC4 were the best to cross the blood-brain barrier and accumulate in the brain parenchyma making them important in AD research. The final paper in this section, paper 23, was published in the Journal of Biomolecular Structure and Dynamics and is titled Screening of potential drug for Alzheimer's disease a computational study with GSK3 beta inhibition through virtual screening docking and molecular dynamics simulation it was written by first and last authors Ellen Govan and Sankar Ganesh apart from well known targets such as amyloid beta plaques and neurofibrillary tangles associated tau 
Triggering of glycogen synthase kinase 3-beta, which I'll refer to as GSK, also causes Alzheimer's disease, making it an additional druggable target. In this study, the research group tested the ability of small molecules to inhibit GSK through virtual screening, absorption, distribution, metabolism, and excretion, or ADME, induced fit docking, molecular dynamics simulation, and binding free energy calculations. They also perform molecular docking to study the binding and interaction of the ligand at the active site of GSK. From their experiments, they find two compounds, 6961 and 6966, which show steady-state interaction with GSK and have relatively high docking score. Overall, they conclude that compounds 6966 and 6961 could act as inhibitors of GSK to combat AD. For more exhaustive details on their methods, please check out the original abstract. The final paper, paper number 24 for this episode, targets the mitochondria or oxidative stress. It is titled, Shenzhen Kekko Fang inhibits amyloid beta-induced apoptosis in primary cultured rat hippocampal neuronal cells via the P38 MAPK pathway, an experimental validation and network pharmacology study. This paper was written by first author Wang and last author Gao and was published in the journal Evidence-Based Complementary and Alternative Medicine. Shenzhen Kekko Fang or QKF is a traditional Chinese medicine compound that has been used in AD treatment for years. The main aim of this study is to see if QKF has an anti-apoptotic role through the P38 MAPK pathway. For this, the authors used network pharmacology analysis to study AD-related QKF pathways, AD cell models, microtubule-associated protein 2 imaging to detect the morphology of hippocampal neurons, Western blot to detect P38 MAPK, BCL2, bags and levels of other proteins, cell counting kit 8 for cell viability, and tunnel assays for apoptosis. Based on their results, they show that QKF protects hippocampal neuronal morphology, enhances cell viability, and reduces the number of tunnel-positive cells. They also see that QKF increases anti-apoptotic protein levels and decreases pro-apoptotic protein levels. Importantly, they also observe that QKF inhibits neuronal apoptosis by suppressing P38 MAPK activity. That brings us to the end of the novel drug development section for the month of August. We talked about research focused on targeting tau, the cholinergic system, mitochondria, metabolism, and the immune system. And as a reminder, each episode comes with a bibliography section. For more details on that, be sure to check out our episode notes. With that, I'd like to thank the Aminder team with a big shout out to Anusha Kamesh for her music. You can find her on SoundCloud or on YouTube under AK Music. For updates on our podcast, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you're interested in joining our team, send us an email with your CV or reach out to us on our social media platforms. We hope you found this podcast useful and accessible. Thanks for tuning in.